Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Hardwood Culture Podcast on the Believe Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real villain, Ralph Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. And we are coming off of an okay day in terms of our picks for what we did on. So I stayed away from the Final Four. I just couldn't talk myself into a side and i'm talking really quickly because i'm trying to get y'all in and out i know i'm releasing this rather later than normal today i got kind of caught up this morning had to do an episode of nba game podcast that went two hours long because there's 13 games in the nba today so a little bit later than normal pod i'm just trying to get in and out with the picks and give them out to you but yesterday we just stayed in that heat and mavericks game and this is why it's important to follow me on Twitter at really real underscore underscore and you know hardwood culture podcast at HW Culture Pod. Because one of the listeners talked to me and said, Hey, what do you think about a Tim Hardaway Jr. threes ladder yesterday? And you know, I went back and I looked at the numbers and I said, Oh, Miami, you know, middle of the pack versus the three for the past five games, but they've been pretty subpar over the course of the entire season just off of memory and i was like all right that checks and then narrative oh he's playing against his dad old team you look at you know when his dad played for the heat that was 96 to 2001 that was like when like that's his earliest memories is his dad in the heat's jersey so i'm like okay all right i can get that against you know going up against dad or team and then we looked at the past games and while the game before he had a rough game he was like one for five from three he was cashing threes all these other games against the Heat. So it was like, all right, you know, one plus one equals two there. We like Tim Hardaway Jr. Sure enough, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. ladder to go. So that was a late ad on my Twitter page. So just check that out. You'll see. I'll let you know, like, if I'm tailing or if I'm doing something late. But that was a late ad. I wish I got it out for you for the show because it did cash. And appreciate uh, Za plays for for calling that out and bringing that to my attention so we could sweat that bet out together. However, we did bet Luca rebounds, and he got there, cashed the original prop, 8.5. We even got 10, so we got plus money on a 10. We didn't get 12, but we got the 10. Kyrie, 23.5 points was the line. He finishes with 23. Another day of us getting hooked. How many times has this happened recently? I mean, seriously, how many times have we gotten hooked recently? Like, that is brutal. I mean, if he gets if he gets the 23 and a half, it's like a really good day because that makes up because both like that makes up for the latter. And then, you know, after that, it's like one extra point and we get plus money on a 25. So it was, you know. It was close. It was close. Like, if we got two more points from Kyrie Irving, it would have been a lot more profitable day. Just more about even, a little bit extra on the juice from the 10-plus uh, from Luka. But, you know, it is what it is. It happens times. All right. I have uh, – how many? Because it's, it's a lot of games in the NBA today. One game's already started. That's how late I'm recording this. I'm really, really sorry about that, you guys. I have one I know I like, two I know I like, three, four plays in the NBA today. I think it's four. 
we'll count it then. But I have four plays in the NBA I like today. So let's start with number one, and that's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers are playing the Indiana Pacers, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Cleveland Cavaliers are laying 12 and a half. And uh, let me see if I can pull you up an injury report. So injury report here, Halliburton, Duarte are out. Miles Turner is now doubtful. And then for the Cavs, Jared Allen is doubtful. Isaac Okoro is out. So I actually think I might like some more stuff in this game. But the big thing is not what the line is at, because I know the 12 and a half is a lot. And I know we've seen the Pacers be competitive as of late in some games. The thing with the – here it is, is – what happened last game in the last game, the Cavs lost at home to the Knicks, 130-116. Cavs that pushes the Cavs to 30 and 9 on the season. Now, I just want to take you back in time and let's just look at the Cavs after they lose at home because they only lost at home nine times a season. So, what has their record been after they lose at home? And we're just gonna go from you know. So looking at March, you know, they lost the game to the Knicks. Now they're playing the Pacers. Earlier in March, March 15th, they lost at home to the 76ers, 118-109. The next home game, two days later, they played the Wizards as a five-point favorite, and they beat them 117-94. Okay. Large margin of victory there. Let's keep scrolling, and let's find another Cavs home loss. And we go and we get here to the month of February where the Cavs lost on my birthday, February 23rd, to the Nuggets, 115-109. to They go play the Hawks on the road. End up losing that game to the Hawks too, but play the Hawks on the road the next night. And then three days later on Sunday is their next home game. They beat the Raptors 118-93. Large margin of victory there. Okay. That was as a seven and a half point favorite. Let's keep going back through time, guys, and just keep scrolling, scrolling. All right. We have another home loss here. January 31st, Tuesday. They lost to the Heat at home 197. And two days later, Thursday, February 2nd, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 128-113, large margin of victory there, 15 points, and they were a a 6.5-point favorite in that game. All right, that's three. It's three times where we're getting them off a home loss, large, large margin of victory. Let's keep going. Oh, looky here, January 20th. They lost to the Warriors, 120-114. Next game, the next night. The next night. They play the Milwaukee Bucks, and they beat them at home, 114-102. to That's a 12-point margin of victory for the, for the Cavs in that spot. I mean, man, guys, I, the, I say all of this to say, that the Cavs get up at home. 
they are one of the best home teams in the league. And when they lose at home, they get it back in blood. Like they get it back in blood. It doesn't matter like how far you go back. Look at this. We're into December, December 26th, day after Christmas. They lose to the Nets 125-117 at home. They have a couple of time before their next home game. But as soon as they get their next home game, they go and they beat. And this is the game where they had the OT Donovan Mitchell 70 plus game, 145 137 where they somehow ended up covering in overtime because they were a four-point favorite and bulls were leading majority of that game they fight back push it to overtime and then covering overtime winning by 11 like the margin of victory that they have coming off of a home loss in their next home game is insane and so where i have this pacers team that is battered beaten brutal, ready to end the season at this point I think the Cavs can get them up out of here, man. I'm just going with the trend of the Cavs bouncing back in a big way off a home loss. So, Cat, I know it's a big number. I'm still laying it. Cavs minus 12 and a half. All right, my next game on the slate, I have, I am going to the 76ers and Bucks game. This is another side. And then I have a couple of prayer props as well. So here for the 76ers and the Bucks, this is the Bucks at home. Last time the East two teams played 133-130. Philadelphia got the win on the road against Milwaukee. They're 2-1 and one versus Milwaukee this season. Milwaukee's still fighting for a playing spot. Not playing spot, but for the one seed, I'm sorry. Milwaukee's still fighting for the one seed. And you have no injury report for the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Nassus is suspended and Javon Carter is doubtful. So here is just kind of, I mean, you could call it kind of a chalk play, honestly, but I'm just trusting the Milwaukee Bucks minus five here coming off of an embarrassing, embarrassing loss against the Boston Celtics, 140-99 on your home court. Like to get, killed by 41 points on your home court it's really really bad they were coming off of back to back and they've been so good off of back to backs in that recent span but i think that this is a spot where one you're trying to knot up the series versus the uh who is this 76ers i'm sorry so you're trying to tie up the series, make sure you can, you know, uh, kind of play towards the tiebreaker instead of having them beat you in the series 3-1 and and all of that. But uh, they really that, that really doesn't matter because they're basically I'm I'm anticipating them being one seed. But however, you know, you still want tiebreaker. Anything can happen if you lose this game. Boston is the one seed. Yeah, if you lose this game, Boston is the one seed. I think that's what it is. No, no, no. They're a game and a half. So they're a game and a half up. So you want to win this game. I think the Milwaukee is the better team. I've been saying this all year that I'm really, really fan of this Milwaukee team. I think that they're one of the best teams in the league until Kevin Durant went to the Suns. But I still think that they're – and I think that they're my finals pick. And I have them going to the finals again and meeting the Phoenix Suns again. So here – I am looking at a few things in this game, but just starting on the side, I think that 
James Harden still isn't right. And even though he had a better game last game, I still think that there's something wrong where he's not exploding like how he normally does. And when James Harden is hurt, he is a liability. Like he can truly be a liability. I'll be interested to see in this game what he'll do, but I think he is a liability. And then if I'm looking at coming off of the bench, I like Bobby Portis's matchup against the backup bigs for the 76ers. I mean, I would be a little bit more concerned if Paul Reed got actual minutes when Joel Embiid plays, but Paul Reed doesn't like he doesn't get too many minutes. Uh we'll see. Jalen McDaniels isn't really uh I don't think that he is going to be able to slow down Bobby Portis when Bobby Portis gets down in the post and the inside. I think Bobby Portis can be an X factor for the Bucks in terms of bringing a potential double-double coming off the bench and really, really help boost this unit and keep the offense going when, you know, some of those starters are off of the court. And then, you know, Giannis is Giannis. I expect a big game from Giannis. I think that this is a big game from Giannis and Embiid and this kind of haymakers back and forth. But I'm just going with the – this is really more of a narrative play. And just I think that the Bucks are going to come in locked in, ready to go, and they are going to go and really, really try to get themselves right in their own mind. This is the, the most – this is their last meaningful game. I mean – after this, you have Wizards, Bucks, Grizzlies, Raptors. Like this is their last meaningful game for the season. This is this this is the game where you say, "Hey, we are going to be a force to reckon with in the playoffs," and we're going to show you right here. So I'm going Milwaukee Bucks minus five. I have two props for you as well. One prop in this game, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I just want to read off Giannis's game log against the 76ers for you. So, in the past 15 games, listen to Giannis's rebounds versus the 76ers. And I'll start from I'll start from the oldest to the newest. 18, 16, 13, 14, 20, 17, 15, 16, 14, 16, 11, 14, 13, 14, 13. His rebound prop is at 12 and a half. He has cashed that 12 and a half in 14 out of 15 games against the Bucks since 2018. What? That is insane. And you just think about, you know, the unseriousness of Joel Embiid on the re- on the board. Like, you'll look at Joel Embiid, and he'll be going crazy, and he'll have, like, 40 points or something and have, like, six rebounds, and you're like, what? But, like, he's he can be very unserious on the boards, especially the offensive glass. And it's a lot harder for him on offensive glass, especially if you are, you know, the person going, trying to score and – it's a miss and somebody else just cleans up the rebound. Like he's very, very unserious on the boards. And I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I just can't 14 out of 15. If you give me any stat and say that he's cashed in 14 out of 15, I'm going to try again. So give me Giannis over 12 and a half rebounds. And I do have, I wonder if I have a number out for it yet that I can give out. I have a ladder for you. Is somebody a little bit unconventional? I actually think I have five plays because there is one more play. 
I want to talk to you about. Well, two more plays I have to talk about. So let me see, let me see, let me see. Where are we at? Do they do they have my guys prop listed on here that I can give you a ladder? Okay, I don't have his oh wait, we might we might be in action. We might be in action, people. Oh yeah, we're in action. All right, bet. So I'm gonna take you to the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons. Orlando Magic are laying eleven in Orlando against the Pistons. Totals at two twenty four and a half. And what's the injury report for everybody listening? In case you haven't seen it, we have you know all the regular players for you know basically everybody that was starting for the Pistons: Bojan, Stewart. Uh, Diallo coming off the bench, he's done. Burks is out, Rodney Magruder's out, and Kevon Harris is doubtful for the Magic. So, the person I'm looking at here is Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph points prop is at nine and a half right now. Let me read off Corey Joseph's month of March because this is when all the outs really, really started starting for the Pistons. So for the month of March, 3, 9, 14, 11, 17, 12, 22, 12, 13, 16, 12, 4, 13, 17 in the last game versus the Rockets. He is averaging 12.5 points this month on 49.6% from the field, 47.6% from three, averaging about 4.5 threes per game. So he's making about two of his threes per game, averaging about 4.5. Nine and a half? Really? This feels a little, this feels a little low, guys. I mean, he's, Corey Joseph has had a really, had a really, really good March. Now, hopefully I can get this April 2nd and he doesn't cool off on us. But you're looking at who the Pistons are charting out there. They don't have a backcourt. I mean, it's Kaylee and Hayes and Jate and Ivy. Ivy Hayes is a freaking double agent in disguise in terms of shooting the basketball. Ivy's got to come out the game at some point. Joseph's going to get the minutes. Like, he's going to get the minutes to play here. He averages, what are you, 28 minutes that last month. Nine and a half is the points prop at, what's that at? Minus 106. I can get 15 points for plus 480 on Corey Joseph today. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I got a sprinkle on that. Give me Corey Joseph over nine and a half and give me the 15 at plus 480. Plus 480, guys? After what I just told you, and he's gotten to 15. How many times did he get to 15 that past month? Oh, uh, here we go. I had to pull it back up. One, so he got there last game. One, two, three, four. So four times. Pretty solid. Four times. But he's gotten 
double digits in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven out of so only three games last month did he not score double digits. And he's getting the same workload. There's still people out. There's actually more people out because you're missing Rodney McGruder and Alec Burks. Yeah, man, give me give me nine and a half, and I'll sprinkle on his fifteen at plus four eighty. I think that's a good play. All right, let's see here. I think I've given out basically everything I want to give out here. So just a quick recap: we have the Cavs minus twelve and a half. We have the Bucks minus five. We have Giannis over twelve and a half rebounds. That's at plus money too. And we have Corey Joseph over nine and a half points and 15 plus points at plus 480. Now, I know some people are wondering, wait, the Jags are dogs. Are you not taking the Jags as dog today? Do I really have to come up here and tell you again that I'm taking the Jazz as underdogs? Yes, I'm taking the Jazz as underdogs. Plus eight and a half. Plus, what's that money line on the Utah Jazz tonight? I think it's three something. Plus eight and a half, plus 280 on the money line. Yes, sprinkling on there. Yes, I'm taking the Jazz. I'm not switching up. I just didn't feel like I had to say that again. Like you all know, I'm taking the Jazz. And one last player prop that I don't see a line listed for yet, but well, at least for his ladder is Malachi Branham. And I'm on him again for the Spurs. He's cashed for me in the past, over 15 and a half is his player prop i'll take that and ladder that up as well all right if you're not already make sure you follow us on youtube hardwood culture podcast make sure you follow us on twitter hw culture pod i do have my soundboard we are finna get some drops and it's finna get authentic i have some guests coming on for the rest of the nba season that's gonna be super duper fun Tomorrow is national championship in men's college basketball. We have the women's game tonight. I actually lean LSU. I think I'm going to go LSU in that game. I haven't made a decision, but if I do make a play on it later, it will be on LSU plus the points and to get the win. Yes, slight letdown for Iowa, even though Iowa is really good, and I don't think you can really have a letdown spot here, but they did just knock off South Carolina, and it was really because they could put four people in the paint and not challenge South Carolina because South Carolina didn't have shooters on the roster at all. And so everything was contested shots in the paint. Whereas with LSU, I don't think you can do that this go around because LSU can shoot the mid range. LSU does have a couple of people that can shoot three. So I think if you give LSU those open shots that you were giving South Carolina, they're going to kill you. So they're going to have to play up on LSU's guards and uh, forwards in the mid range a little bit more. And then that's going to open up things down low, especially for Angel Reese down low to be able to get going. So interested to see the defensive adjustments for Iowa in this game to LSU. But I'm going to slightly lean to LSU and the plus money there for the women's national championship game. Men's game is tomorrow. That's the only basketball game in town tomorrow. So I'll have a couple of plays in that game and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Other than that, I really don't have anything else to say. No other, no, nothing to add, no cool catchphrase. No other way to end the podcast. I'm just ending like this. We are out of here.